When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We are back after an epic weekend of Six Nations, that's what we're going to be talking about on this podcast. We'll have another podcast looking at domestic rugby, premiership and stuff uh, coming in your feed very soon. So uh, with that in mind, hit subscribe and yeah, tell a mate as well. Um, Sorry, I'm a little bit ropey. This is not a very good intro. I'm Tim, Uh, that's JB. Hello. And uh, I feel you're right. Hello, Tim. How, yes. how, are you, how are you gents feeling? I'm feeling all right, actually. I'm usually quite good on a hangover. Today, I've had a lot of sleeping done. I slept in. <laughs> uh, then I had a little snooze in the afternoon. And then I had a little snooze just before we came on air. Wow, really getting the napping yeah, in. Really, yeah. yeah, really, yeah. It's like a, a pro athlete. Yeah, well, then, there are then, a lot of similarities. Pro podcast, pro athlete. You know, yeah. Are. <laughs> uh, yeah. Almost, in, almost interchangeable. You, Phil? Uh, I'm Okay. I'm I'm feeling feeling fresh and and uh, fine today. Not yeah. too bad. I, maybe one or two Negronis last night. Yeah. Now, do you think it's the alcohol that's making you feel a bit rubbish today, Tim, or do you think it was the uh, well, maybe something rugby related? It's, no, it's definitely the alcohol. It's definitely not rugby. <laughs> on this it's, definitely not rugby. <laughs> it's definitely the alcohol on this occasion. But yeah, we've got lots to talk about. Obviously. Um, oh no! Do you know where I want to start? I want to play this. I want to play this. I don't know if you've heard this. Hold on a minute. Let me get this right. Here we go. Have a, have a listen to this. This is what it's all about. Oh, so is this the build-up to the the final try? Yeah. In- listen, just listen to this. Wonderful stuff, isn't it? Wonderful. You even get an ooh-la-la, wait for it. <laughs> awesome and that is so that's not winning the championship that's just being in with a chance of winning the championship quite yeah and the game they lost wow wow it was an epic game to be fair uh, it was an unbelievable game had to rewatch it today to actually work out what happened I, I, yeah I rewatched uh, it today and it it wasn't as good of a game as I remember it at the time but the actual tension and the just just the, the energy watching the game was was huge it was, wasn't a, an amazing spectacle but so exciting it was and brilliant there were some huge moments yeah, right throughout were. it and multiple I don't think I've ever seen more held up over the line 
calls yeah, right. in, in that game. There was, they are getting good at that, though, aren't they? There was all five or six, uh, and some of them were some of them were the fairly standard. Most the most common held up of the line is just the the pick and go when you crash on top of someone. There were some of the try saving tackles were f- absolutely phenomenal. Well, well, there was one try saving tackle which probably, sh- I mean, that they said. I, I, um, there's no reason not to give the try except for the hand underneath the ball. But uh, <laughs> that, that was incredible. Even even one of the tries that was scored was incredibly held up. It was a, yeah, absolutely fantastic game. Which one? Which one are you thinking? The one which is incredibly held up? Dan Beggar one. No, no. Was it? Was it uh, not Tipperick? Was it? Uh, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, it was the the Wales try. The Wales try. Yeah. But it was it wasn't the bigger one. Um, but yeah, it, it was because Luke Pearce. Um, so gave a try, yeah. Try. So There's no conclusive proof that it was held up. Uh, yes, what they came back saying exactly. Which did in that instance, it, if the question was reversed, it would have been no try. Um, so it, it felt maybe a bit unsatisfactory. But o- overall, I think that um, the process, the question and answer process, or the decision on field process, yeah. it, you, it's, you can, it's you a can, good system. You could tell with Luke Pierce and Wayne Barnes, who handled it really well. You, you could tell with, with the whole game really well. You could tell that they were very aware that there were lots and lots of people watching because they were over-explaining, which is great. Yeah. Not, this is not criticism. I think it's great. They were over-explaining for the benefit of a television audience, you could tell, which, was, which again, if you were just a casual person watching, I think you, that, that would have been something to rugby's credit. Yeah, yeah. it's something they do because um, even when you're watching uh, the Premiership action, um, the knowledge of the average viewer of a Premiership game on BT Sport would probably be... Um, far greater than the average viewer watching the Six Nations, but they do it in that, and it's it's to, to me it's just to kind of um, make e- everyone aware of the t- decision making process, and I, I think they do it very well. The the, the English referees are, um, as well as anyone, I would say. Agreed. Yep. Uh, and also, it's hard to know whether when I said this to you, whether it was whenever I saw you last or today, but um, and the questions are better now because it used to be, yeah, what. What just happened was effectively the question. And now, Try yes or no. Yeah, they've got to make they've got to make a decision and then back up the decision, which is far oh, easier. Sorry, oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop doing this. Are you okay, Tim? <laughs> it's just my phone. Oh. When you when you scroll past something no, no, on your Tim, phone, it, it Tim. starts playing. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I put Very my good. phone down. Uh. <laughs> so, do you? What would you class that one as? France won it or Wales lost it? Oh, so. <laughs> The this, pi- gone. You yeah, the, the pivotal moment for me, and the, and where Wales lost it, was the Liam Williams yellow. So the the Falatau yellow, which was the culmination of multiple um, infringements in the red zone, and they, there could have been a yellow before that. There could have indeed been a yellow. Um, I think I think Tim, you might have even tweeted something similar. There could have been a yellow uh, when for for Wales when Wilhelm said, "Yeah." Red. Yeah. Yes, because there have yes. been so many infringements in the red zone up to that point. There wasn't at that stage, but then almost immediately after there was a yellow. Um, that was probably um, needed a needed yellow card. Or there were needed infringements to stop the um, what would have been multiple tries. It was multiple cynical. Yeah, but the, the the Liam Williams one was so frustrating because it wasn't a needed yellow. It was forty yards from his own try line, and he dives over a rook. It's it was a stupid yellow, but that was what. If Liam Williams was on that pitch, Doolan doesn't. He's not unopposed in the corner. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a man on man situation. That you can draw a direct link between 
that stupidity from Liam Williams, who had a brilliant game besides that. I thought he was absolutely... His work in the air was amazing. But the, that moment of madness cost Wales the game. And it is hard to criticise a player for, well, ostensibly just trying too hard, being too enthusiastic. It, it I mean, is, I, you know, but... Uh, coming from grassroots level, it's not really cheating around the rucks it's the problem it's just getting to the rucks <laughs> but it's a slightly different standard <laughs> I think for international rugby players the, the flip side is I think Wales were hard done by on just before Lewis Rees-Samit almost got that incredible try I mean what an all, what an almost amazing try he scored mm. the, the guy's different gravy but just before that it, I think it should have been a penalty try yellow card to Wales on the driving mall front, Howas just came in from the side when, uh, when yeah. Wales were two metres out from the line. I don't get how that wasn't a penalty try. Uh, yeah. I think yeah, because they, they, they were going them, at a rate of knots as well. You see, there was given. Yeah. It was just a yellow card, but not the penalty try. Yeah. Wales only took three points from that yeah, they instead did. of what would have been seven, seven points, which would have again changed the game. I know yeah. Wales will be uh, pretty upset with this loss because they're getting used, aren't they, to winning. Well, just winning, however. But the performances, I don't think, have been very good. I think this has been their best, probably their best performance of of the Six Nations. I thought they were very good, and yet they lost. I think it was more a testament to France, because you don't think of France as a team that stick at things, do do you? Well, well, (laughs) Phil said before the game... Yeah, um, and uh, I was wrong. On on WhatsApp, um, he said before the game that... um, Sorry, France need to be ahead by at at least a try score... With sixty minutes on the clock, because they well, and you and you, I totally agreed with you because the reason that you say that is they've fallen off, their energy levels drop, their bench doesn't have the same impact as other countries, t- uh, other sides uh, benches do. Now and, it does yeah. though. But the, flip, the total flip side, yeah, yeah, and it, it was the total opposite of their yeah. performance against England. They they were out on their feet against England a week ago, yeah, and in this game they finished much much stronger than Wales, and Wales are. It's certainly historically renowned for being incredibly well conditioned. Yeah, Wales are well conditioned. I, I, I do actually think it shows tangentially that uh, England probably are the best conditioned team in the tournament at the expense of other things, but they are very, very well well conditioned. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll come on to England and some of their, their failings, but the problem and frustration that I think I'll touch on later is England have never really, apart from in that France game, They've never really given themselves the opportunity to, to demonstrate that improved yeah. conditioning, have yeah, they? Right. They've not needed it apart from in that France game. If yeah. you're just taking this as a performance, and you shouldn't, because obviously a Grandson was lost here, and they don't come around too often. Well, they do if you're Welsh, I guess. They do come around fairly frequently. <laughs> but um, I would say I'd be happy with the performance. Like This is the first time I've seen that team go, yeah, actually, that is, that is quite a good team. You, just, you get a feeling that you know what they're trying to do. Whereas before, it did feel like red card here, red card there. It, it, it's, it's funny that a couple of weeks ago when, it, when England lost to Wales, and that was my thought, it was like, do you know what? I, I take... I'm happy with the performance. You know, I, I don't focus on the result. It's about the result, Tim. You it, lost. It England is. lost. Now Wales it loses. <laughs> well, it's about the performance. No, no. no. Uh, I think it is about, about the result. I'm thinking just objectively as a fan, yeah. I would yeah, say. Yeah. At least you can see they're improving. I thought P- Piddock was done at the start of Six Nations. He might have extended his uh, career by a couple more years now. Yeah, and, and I may well raise that when we get on to Eddie Jones out and everything. I may well raise, it, the, I may well raise the fact that it was only three months ago and the majority of Welsh fans, it appeared, uh, wanted Pivak out and thought he, had, he was absolutely useless. So he's, what a brilliant job he's done. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've, I've, I have heard off multiple sources that the Pivak, just Pivak wasn't working well within the Welsh camp. That was prior to, prior to Six Nations. It doesn't look like it now. 
looks absolutely fine now. It it looks yeah, I think it looks better than fine. And I I would say that in the whole of the Six Nations, um, the way that they've played, I mentioned this before, the way that they've been um, maximizing their opportunities out wide, the the handling of the backs and and indeed the handling of the forwards has improved significantly, and it has led to mm. it's uh, it's Wales scoring um, more points in the Six Nations than it, I, I think any of their others. I'm sure I saw a stat on that earlier today. Really? And George yeah. North is a legit outside centre at international level. Well, he, not he's been that, he's been brilliant. Jonathan Davis is, is a legit twelve. Yeah, yeah. Which no one would have thought. Which solves the problem for the Lions, I would I would suggest. Well, Robbie Henshaw might have something to say. Oh about yeah, that. Robbie Henshaw has been playing well, yeah. very very well. Um, where was the footballer who played for United who allegedly saved Alex Ferguson's job in an FA Cup semi or quarter? Oh, Mark Robbins. Mark Robbins. Yeah, he, he scored against Oldham in an FA Cup match. <laughs> That's the to, one to get an equaliser, take it to a replay, something like that. So Mark, so that that Mark Robbins story about how it basically got Fergie a little bit of breathing space, and then the rest is history. It makes me feel a little bit like the way I feel about Welsh rugby, which is they could have lost all of those games except for Italy, and we'd be having very different different conversations with exactly the same performances. But because they do have that breathing space, it feels now he's um, pretty safe. Yeah, yeah, and and international rugby is incredible like that. The the fine margins, the difference between winning and losing. I mean, the the press. So I don't think that. Um, I, I certainly I would hope the conversations at WRU level or IRFU or um, RFU level are a bit more measured than that. But certainly, if you look at the just the the general English press last week when England beat France yeah. narrowly with a last minute try <laughs> or a few minutes left on the clock try, albeit with a very good performance, to this week and it's. It's it's almost. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know what the. Well, I, I the wrote phrase, down. I wrote down a phrase. Down. I was just writing some notes. Uh, just and I wrote down um, the footballification of rugby continues. Yeah, you've got certainly in the exactly, certainly in the press. Oh, the, it, well, the press, but also if you add into that, there are this one thing that you need to watch, and we just keep an eye on it and hope it doesn't creep in. But one thing that's starting to creep in is players sort of making the most out of something when there's any head, when there's any head contact and there's lots of appealing we've been talking about that for a while so yeah. there is a bit of a footballification of rugby going on and the press absolutely just did that in the last 7 days you've seen yeah yeah 100% that In- England being world beaters to appalling yeah. now actually their performances elements of the France game was um, world beating and huge elements the vast 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 majority of the their Are performance England- against Ireland was Appalling. Or England just France now? A well conditioned, a well conditioned <laughs> old France. Possibly, yeah. And that that's the frustration that we know they can do it. They just don't do it for for lot for well for a couple of main reasons. I think it just, is. But. Just before we move on to England, so the situation is, as I understand it, with the game going ahead on Friday between France and Scotland. The situation is, if France win with a try bonus point and by more than 19 points, by 20 points or more, points difference... 20, I think it's 21 points they, oh, okay. they win by. But yes, okay. yeah, yeah. You're, that, you're, that, then they win the championship. So it's still... At that. In, uh, the one thing that Six Nations has proven, it, other than Italy, it's hard to get a win against any team. Bloody and hard. To win... With guaranteed four tries and by 21 points well, against thought, Scotland is, is, is not easy. Yeah, I honestly thought Ireland were rubbish 
Like, I really thought that they that they were terrible. Go, go, go well, against, uh, and again, and it, game. yeah, and again, I would just say probably the coach under most pressure before this tournament started. Wayne Pivak, yes, a bit, but he was yeah. Wayne Pivak before Andy yep. Farrell. Yeah, loads of people in Ireland have been calling for his head. Yeah, and I've got sympathy for them. You know, I, I do because I don't think his teams looked particularly sharp. Uh, they got beaten up. Well, they have been beaten up in the past, and that's what it looks like they're trying to do a sort of Saracens esque type project there. Lots of kick chases, lots of horrible grunt work, uh, and amazingly, the team it paid off against best was England. It did pay off against England it's, incredibly it's, it's well. Astonishing, but it, the. Um, the best parts of the performance from Ireland against England, the, the, the two tries, the, um, the the quick thinking, or, or actually um, the execution of a pre-planned move for the Keith Earls try, mm. um, but the probably the try of the tournament in my mind mm. was the um, Jack Conan try, oh, because because the try is a, is a two-yard dive over the line. But it was the twenty odd phases mm. from their own inside their own half, pretty much to crush England time and time and time again, and eke out the yards, eke out the yards. Then you had the Sexton bomb, which was perfectly gathered by Hugo Keenan in, deep inside the twenty-two, spread it wide. Uh, a couple of carries later, and, and Conan crashes over. I think that is so. It, that will not get try of the tournament if. Um, like official channels, it will be Lewis Free Summit or yeah, Johnny yeah. May's dive in the corner. That is the best try I've seen in the tournament. That or possibly the the France one that won it against Wales. It just shows, like, you really have to think about rugby quite hard to get the answers that you're looking for. So Wales beat England not last year, but the year before. In 2019, yeah. when Wales won their most recent Grand Slam. Oh, yeah, of course, it won one. Yeah. Um, not Grand Slam. They, lost, they lost one game in that. Yeah, they lost France. Did no, they didn't. They, they, they beat France. They must have lost to Ireland. They, no, they didn't. Did they get a grand slam? Grand slam? Two years I've, ago. I've actually got the table up in front of Look, me yeah. right now. Well, they go, and, and, that, and that's another thing I'd say. Fine, be, be brilliant. Two years out from a World Cup, I'm not bothered about that. Yeah, I don't care. Well, <laughs> well, not I don't care. That's wrong. I do care. You do care. You must be care. I do. I mean, that, that was that was in the the year of a World Cup. That's yeah. 2019. Yeah. Um, just like um, the World Cup winners did, they had their grand slam prior to. Um, Winning the World Cup, which mm. they thought was very significant. Anyway, the point I was trying to make was this, which is that England team, when Wales faced England, I didn't think Wales had a chance. Wales was so dominant and powerful, and they just battered Ireland um, with this immense power game, and their line speed was ace. And the way that Wales got around that was to pick and go from the base. And you just don't, you know, you've got to think very, very hard to come to the conclusion that the best way to beat a big, powerful team is picking around the base. <laughs> base base of the ruck so with Saracens sorry not Saracens with I, with Ireland trying to be miniature Saracens think, well this will never work but England without a game line or England well, well, that's it. A, just a team without a plan they, they have nothing else well, well in, England, that goes for most international teams without a game line well some teams know they're not going to win the game line that often and they can do things yeah. you know, they can do slightly different things yeah agreed England don't do that but in England in this game um, they didn't even really get the chance to win the game line because they had so so few opportunities with the ball because this this game was it it was punctuated by England. So Ireland were incredibly streetwise, and England were the the opposite. They, they were anti streetwise. Mm. They just they were so de- brain dead right from the start, and they they did what they've done um, in the their poor performances in the autumn and in this year, which is compounding errors. So. 
the first two times that England got into Ireland's 22, once in the first half, once in the second half, they immediately gave away... In the first one, it was a free kick. In the second one, it was a penalty. Mm. Ireland gets to roughly halfway. They immediately compound both those penalties, or the free kick and penalty, with another penalty. Ireland get into their 22 and immediately compound it with another penalty and Ireland take three points both times. Yeah. And it's from having a great attacking platform in Ireland's 22 to giving away three points both times in two or three minutes. And it was... There wasn't consistency in the... So there was consistency in the stupidity, but it wasn't. There wasn't consistency in the mistakes, as in there was rook mistakes. There was crossing at the line. There was crossing out wide. There was hands in the rook. There was accidental offside. There was scrum penalty. The scrum penalties and the scrum free kicks that England gave away were yeah. appalling. And and and, and, and I'm. I'm going to sound like I'm going. I told you so, but that's not my intention. I'm actually just trying to be a positive. But as I said last week. And I think now that's pretty conclusive. The impact that Paul O'Connell has had with that island pack is massive. I'm, uh, I don't know about that. Their line-out ruined Scotland last week and their scrum ruined England this like, week. What does he say? Po- like, push harder? <laughs> like, what is he, what is well, he doing? Uh, m- maybe, maybe in a glittering career, he's learnt a few tricks that he can, pass, he can pass on. Well, they, they were... Ireland was so much more streetwise than England. Yeah. They... they Played the referee. They they um, earned their scrum penalties um, and the scrum free kicks accurately. They held England up, ball carriers up three or four times in the um, the more yeah. position. Ty, Ty Byrne was brilliant at that. They were yeah. great over the ball. Um, Sexton and, and Conor Murray did a, a number on the England uh, decision makers. And, and let, let me just highlight the fact that it was very, very recent memory when people were saying Johnny Sexton's days are done. He shouldn't wear an Ireland shirt again. Well, yeah. I mean, so I, I, I'm, I'm building up a picture here of Pivak out, uh, Farrell out, Sexton out, out, Eddie well, out, and now Eddie out. Uh, yeah, Eddie. exactly. And then Farrell. Don't, don't forget Farrell. Um, <laughs> Wait, which which Farrell? Oh, the uh, junior. Again, I do have sympathy with the people that said sex now. He is getting on a bit. You know, he is, and yeah. I don't think necessarily. Okay, two things. Firstly, I think tens can play until they're extremely old because you've got a pass and you've got a kick. I'm not sure that those two. It's not as if he's a ball carrying eight, so or a sprinting winger. So those two things can. Um, eight, eight kicks from eight made a massive like scoreboard pressure that he built up yeah. yesterday. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Uh, yeah, and also they can they can play for a long time because experience counts. Looking, you know, making right, right making good decisions counts, so on and so forth. But maybe that's why you've seen a little bit more inconsistency from him because he has been at times this tournament pretty dull, and other times been really really good, like he was yesterday. But it's it's the same as the he's um, his performances have been mirrored by the team's performances mm-hmm. when when he's getting nice front football. Uh, the he's pack, able to play a bit flatter. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes a, a huge difference. Um, I, Sexton is is still for me the the um, the best ten in Ireland. The, the, is the he the big... best ten in the in Six Nations? No, he's best ten you... in the Home Nations. Um, um, no, no. Who's your Who's your best ten in in, in Home Nations? For me, Finn, Finn Russell. For me, Owen Farrell. I could go with Farrell at ten. I go I go with either of those two. I don't. I don't Finn think... Russell hasn't had a great tournament. I don't think by his Sext... standards. I think Big is the man. Big, bigger I love. It's been interesting to see um, how Pivak has used Sheedy, though. Because I, I I love Bigger. I think mm. he's amazing. I, I, but yeah. um, Pivak has, has used Sheedy more than I thought he would when you've got such a good and such an experienced mm. 10 always, starting. I always feel like Owen Farrell is always trying to channel his 
inner bigger when he's and when he's doing well he often is uh, he tries to channel his inner butch james <laughs> yeah. so can i just um i'll give you a quote um which i want to know what you think so stuart barnes said right that's it eddie you've got to go uh-huh. that was him in the times today but, but you remember stuart barnes is the man who everyone thinks is so educated and so clever and is also the man that called for a minor natural disaster to hit uh to hit Japan during the <laughs> during the World Cup to highlight uh, cl- climate change. So I don't always <laughs> listen to what he says. Wow. Uh, and then this is a quote, uh, Stephen Jones, quote, England, with the most resources and most players, with the best proving ground of rugby clubs, uh, of club rugby anywhere in the world, have failed if they do not win the Grand Slam. I... Stephen Jones says, quote, England fail... If they do not win the Grand Slam, I just think why, I was going to say that's arrogance, but he's not even English. But th- that, if he was English, that would be the p- peak of arrogance. But hang on a minute, he's not wrong, is he? Yeah, he why? is. Because well, winning the Grand Slam is well, incredibly look difficult. Look, look how many times it's happened through the years. It's well, I mean, unbelievably Wales, Wales hard. with their with their squad from like a fifty square mile patch of Wales, uh, won what four of them? Well, recent, the, the, recent the, the good news about that is you only need fifty or twenty three good players. There, yeah, there is that. Now, I would just, I would say those two guys. Uh, I'll take, uh, I'll deal with the with with the merits of the comments rather than the individuals and say, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I'm not trying um, to play. I'm not trying to play the man. No, I'm no, just, no, I, 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 I have a subscription for the Times, and that's so that's I've, the only one I read. Uh, and I'd say that they're both right on this. They are both right. You've got most resources. You've got the best league. You've got a great uh, coaching pool. Isn't it amazing to think f- that fail to win a Grand Slam is failed if you don't win a Grand Slam. Yeah, it's like saying United fail if they don't win the league, or City fail if they don't. They've just got higher expectations. <laughs> Why? Or so, to win a Grand Slam every year is a fa- if you don't win a Grand Slam, it's a failure. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, so how I much? Mean, how? I mean, how fact, fact, this, this might have been obje- I mean, that, objective be... achieved. We've mentioned his article. Yeah, that, maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe this is why. Yeah, I think that should be standard. I think standard for the biggest rugby nation in the world, the richest union, is to consistently win Grand Slams. Yeah, they, 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 they should be winning. They should be winning games. But everyone else is trying to win. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, it is hard. But it, when you look at all <laughs> of the different unions, maybe only France are the ones which. I mean. It, it's, it's, thankfully, sport isn't as simple as saying let's look at your balance sheet and yeah. your player pool and let, you know let's get to it. But when you have those undeniable enormous advantage uh, advantages, plus these private schools which are churning out the most incredible athletes and players, yeah, they've got a point. But then everyone else has private schools. Yeah, the, the, the Irish system uh, and the Eng- is the, better. The, the English system serving Wales fantastically <laughs> and Scotland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you, Lewis Reesamit doesn't train himself. <laughs> I think you're right, Tim. That um, just by mentioning it, we've given it too much, yeah. Cre- yeah. too much credence. But let's let's deal with that Eddie out then, because this is this is what loads of people are saying in the aftermath of the game. So let's deal with that. Okay, thoughts. I don't think it's fair to say Eddie out on the back of one game. However, if you wanted to make a change from Eddie, I think I could put a case together to do it, and it would be perfectly reasonable. I don't think it's reasonable given the economic backdrop, how much you have to pay him. Uh, and it's certainly not reasonable on the back of one game, but it probably you know I would probably say yeah I, I'd, I'd I'd move on. Would you go for Dean Ryan again? Dean Ryan would be right up there on my <laughs> list. Uh, I tell you who would be up there: Dean Richards. Dean Richards would be cool. Dean Richards. Um, obviously, you've got to be looking at um, Baxter. I don't think he fancies it. No, I don't think he does. I, I Why would he? He's got a lovely life down in Devon. He's built that club, you know, basically himself. Where, where, when his team 
Although, when his team loses a, a, a run of games, as they did the year they won the Premiership, he says, yeah, it's not, not good enough, but we're not far off, we'll be all right. Yeah. If he, if, he, if he came out to the press and said that after yesterday, they'd absolutely have him on toast. He wouldn't have 10 years to build England. No. Uh, so, yeah, you're right there. It, and also... I'm not saying he'd need 10 years. I think he'd do a brilliant job. I'm just saying I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure he would want Something to. like... I can imagine something like a... I mean, they'll never go for Dean Richards because of Bloodgate. I, those go, I don't think that will ever go away. But Dean Richards, assisted by somebody like... Uh, what's his name? From Wasps. Oh, Blackett. Blackett. That that that's a that, that that's pretty spicy, hmm. and then mix someone else in there for for the defence. Just just to go back to the Eddie question, uh, I, I definitely wouldn't get rid of Eddie, and I, I think that I think questions do need to be asked. Um, but it, I'm I'm still so confused as to how this is happening to England because when you watch the games back, and I, I watched the game, rewatched this England performance today. It was, it was so many. I flagged it before. So many, just individual stupid errors that weren't. I, I don't see how they're. Obviously, the coach influences everything, but I don't see how. If you pick any one of those individual ones that have been repeated for quite a long period of time, I don't see how there's how. Um, it's a coaching. Problem. That's the, that's the that's issue the, I have with but it. But yeah. I'm, I'm so confused because we've got yeah. so much evidence of them doing it for so long, making these stupid mistakes. Um, that maybe it is. But if you pick any individual one, you just say it's a stupid, it's a stupid player bad decision, a player error, player bad decision, player error. But I guess that on that point, there there is perhaps a tipping point where it does. Well, you have to start asking questions. Mm. Um, and that's why I imagine. The impact Paul O'Connell has had, it might be, yeah, he's found a new way to say push harder, jump higher. Um, mm. But it could be more uh, not quantifiable. It could just be his presence just has a Maybe. has an impact. I, I don't know. Whatever what the, the turnaround in that Irish pack, they absolutely battered Scotland and England mm. the last two weeks. I don't think mm. there's anything defensive in that, is there? Because England tried it with Martin Johnson. You'd have thought if anyone can just <laughs> show up, and yeah, but he presence. he was the the top man, wasn't he? Yeah. Which <laughs> Paul O'Connell coming in with a, a specific focus, maybe I don't know, but Ireland was was so like, much even, more streetwise even Eddie in this game. Coaching selections are weird. You know, he's got an attack coach from sevens, and that was going okay, I guess. Um, he's got the uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember. Well, I don't the know. I, I, the defense coach Simon Amor. Yeah, he may well be brilliant. Um, this is not casting cast any John, John Mitchell. John Mitchell. As the yeah, John Mitchell. Coach. Yeah, I love when I've yeah. when I've seen him with the the England boys. But he's not got a great reputation around the game. He, he, they all seem to love him. Have you seen the videos of him? So yeah. every week where he dresses up in the opponent's kit yeah, and yeah. does a, a training session with the forwards, which is basically him. I mean, he's I think he's about fifty. He's still he's a, in good nick. He's still a big, strong boy, age fifty, and he gets absolutely smashed by the boys. But the attack coach is the one that I look at and go again. I'm not casting any aspersions. I don't know enough about Simon Amor as a 15s coach, and he did well in sevens. But he's he's got he's got no 15s pedigree as a coach <laughs> or playing time, from what I can tell. <laughs> well, yeah, he was always an absolutely amazing sevens player. That was his the majority of yeah. his career. But they, they brought in, or they tried to bring in. It was an NRL yeah, um, Jason Riles? skills coach. Yeah, Riles, um, who obviously couldn't come because of um, COVID nineteen. Um, so they brought in uh, Andy Robinson's son Ed, who, who apparently would, he's, he's, he's very good. Yeah, incredibly highly highly regarded, even though he's incredibly young. Where's um, he working, Jersey? 
Yeah. Well, England now. Yeah, 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 not, not yeah, but that's a temporary appointment, isn't yeah. it, for yeah. for Rails coming back? So, just on on the whole Eddie out thing, I just I'll, I'll be as quick as I can, but I wanted to I've looked back and I want to place where we are now in a little bit of context, which I think some people just seem to have completely forgotten. So, 2016, England, Eddie Jones comes in, England batter Australia in their own backyard. Then he follows it up with a Six Nations win in uh, 2017. He won the won the Six Nations in sixteen as well, didn't he? Uh, oh yeah, sixteen. Yeah, so he won the Six Nations. Australia won, uh, then won the Six Nations. Then in twenty eighteen, they finished fifth and only won two games out of five. Uh, then they went out and got absolutely pumped in South Africa. After which, and this is the in, uh, this is the bit that because a load of people are saying, oh, he's he doesn't change the squad. He's he won't. He, he's so stubborn mm. that that's what people are saying. After they got humped in the Six Nations in twenty eighteen. Pretty much the last time, no, it was the last time we saw Danny Kerr, Mike Brown, James Haskell, Chris Robshaw, Dylan Hartley, um, and it was when we br- saw players come. Uh, who else? Uh, yeah, those those are the main guys that we saw at the back of, and then he brought in Jack Willis, Ben Earl, Tom Curry, Mark Wilson, Ellis Gens, Johnny Hill, Nick Ezekwe, Brad Shields, Harry Williams, Sam Simmons. Denny Solomona, Dan Robson, Alex Lazowski, Nathan Earl, Sippers, Cam Redpath. So they had a really bad Six Nations, and everyone's saying at the moment, Eddie Jones doesn't change anything, he's too stubborn, he doesn't pick on form. He There was a massive turnover in his squad. Um, and then, the, the, a lot of those names I've just mentioned, uh, by the World Cup he also picked up Willie Hines, Lewis Ludlam, Rory McConaughey and Jack Singleton, because they were players in form mm. for their clubs, and they reached a World Cup final. So Eddie Jones does do the things which people are saying he needs to go because he doesn't do. And I think he will do it again. He will churn the squad. And we might have seen the last of a few players in the way. But Who, who, who are the players that you, that you want gone? Um, I, well, I, I think we will never see uh, Doggers in an England shirt. I don't want him gone. But I think we will see him in, in an Italian shirt oh in the God, next 12 months. Oh my God, we've got to talk about that. That is ridiculous. Well, that is abs- what's happened that's gone on there is ridiculous. Well, yeah, let's, let's get to that. But I would also say a lot of the people that are saying Eddie out were also saying, and if you listen back to our podcast, <laughs> i tell you what you will hear me say. You will hear me say, I love Mike Brown. I don't think we should drop him. I love Mike Brown. And I've, I, you go back and listen to the yeah, tape. Yeah, I, I, I vividly remember it. And, yeah, and we've had th- we've had years of trying to find another 15, and he's still the best English fullback. I, and, and so all the, all, the, all the knee-jerk reactionary stuff saying, get rid of Danny Kerr, get rid of Mike Brown, get rid of Eddie Joe. It's, it's all, bo- it's all bollocks, say, frankly. I've got to say, the one... I've been focusing a little bit closely on the Premiership lately because obviously you can't go out and they're showing every game, so why not watch every game? It makes yeah. sense. Mike Brown is outstanding this season. Outstanding. Yeah. I, I honestly don't think there's another 15 who comes close to, to him. But it's a hard call because maybe in, just because he is outstanding still. I, I think maybe International Rugby has passed him by. He can't. You're not he'll, hoping to play this guy in the World Cup. He will be. He'll be. Idea. He'll be 36 later this year. Yeah. Um, but then, is he the best? I mean, I, I actually thought that Elliot Daly. Um, he, he's he was some, England's best player. He, he he had his best game for a while. Yeah. Um, he took some brilliant high balls, made a couple of really really good breaks, and he kicked. He, he was probably England's best kicker um, in that game because because Farrell and Ford uh, and Youngs all kicked too deep um, unintelligently. In fact, I've just had a thought now because I don't think ITV managed to get an interview with Eddie Jones. Um, 
Yeah, no, they didn't. They didn't manage to get a, a, an interview with Eddie Jones before the programme went off air, but there was an interview which someone did with him, which I saw tweeted last night, and I don't know if you saw what Eddie Jones actually said. Have a listen. Was this the poison? Eddie, how would you assess That was in the week, wasn't uh, it? Yeah, it was a funny sort of game. We thought we started well. Yeah, first 20 minutes it was, it was nip and tuck, and then we made a couple of uh, maybe... Decisions we wouldn't have made normally, and, and allowed Ireland on the front foot, and then they they were able to establish a lead, and then they had the intensity and the run of the game. We had to fight really hard to get back, and I'm really pleased with the fight of our players. But Ireland were too good for us today. Yeah, were you surprised by the Irish intensity today? Oh no, look, you know, we knew that was coming. We knew that was coming, and that's the disappointing thing. We started well, and then for some reason we just fell off, and I, I don't know why. Yeah, why couldn't you get that foothold? Yeah, well, that's the thing, you know, we struggled to get a dent in the game somewhere. We couldn't get, you know, we had problems with the scrum early. Uh, our, the line-out was, was uh, you know, 50-50, and then the, around the ruck it was, a, it was even, so we were struggling to get on the front foot, and then we wanted to play a little bit, and we were playing off not front football. What about the discipline, Eddie? Well, discipline's always a, a by-product of pressure. Yeah, you know, Ireland put Ooh, pressure on us, and they were then able to make us make mistakes. Two wins, three defeats. Eddie, how do you look back on the Six Nations? Yeah, it's been a tough one. Um, yeah, we haven't been at our best, uh, but I think having said that, we've finished the tournament a lot better than we started. You know, we we, we are in the process of changing the team. Uh, we need to we need to reset the team, and then we'll continue with that process. So, yeah, I was pleased with the number of the young guys today. So I would take from that, much like when they had a horrible Six Nations in 2018, the guillotine is coming out for quite a few players. Mm. Interesting, because I mean, by, that, by the way, can Carol. I just say, uh, like, <laughs> can I just say that interviewer was brilliant? I thought I, th- I think exactly the same thing. Managed to get so many good questions yeah. in so few words in one and a half minute. That's how you do it. That that's a yeah. brilliant post match interview. I mean, you just thinking exactly the same, exactly the same thing. Then mm. uh, didn't didn't even know, didn't even notice her. Which okay. Is so, so, shall we, shall, we, shall we say three players that you think might um, in, we might not see again? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know because I'm I, I'm not I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I would... I'd, so I'd, I'll I'll give you one actually, which I hate to say it, but I think he's been very poor by his standards um, this tournament. Is Mako? Ma- yeah. Johnny, Johnny May could be in danger, I think. I don't think so. Johnny, Johnny May has been so good in the air, so, so consistent. Uh, I, I, I think there's no chance of, of May going. I, I would keep Elliot Daly, but uh, he could be one of them. I don't think he will. I, it's hard to pick that, isn't it? It uh, is. Uh, okay, okay, I'm going to pick one. Um, Johnny Hill. Johnny Hill's done some foolish things. I, I think you're probably right, because he was in the starters' jersey. Um, and then obviously um, Yules has come in. Yules, Yules has played well when he's coming. And you got, got Launchbury and Laws and waiting if, in the wings. And Cruis will be back for the next World Cup, I think. Oh, will he? Yeah. Be awesome. Okay. So. Yeah. So so Johnny Hill might be one. Mako would be a high profile loss, but I, I ben, think he might be. Ben Youngs. No chance. Ben I, Young's I, redeemed himself somewhat over ben, this tournament. He came yeah. in as a bit uh, of a joke. And he didn't have a good game. But he did bloody well against uh, France. He did very well against France. Really mm. well. Um, Mark Wilson? 
Yes, quite possibly. He's not had the impact. I'm, I, again, I'm not, I'm not judging the individuals here. I'm just I, trying to get inside Eddie's head because I, I I like I really like Mark Wilson. Yeah, he's um, not had a great start to the Premiership, mostly, mostly through injury. He's come back in. What does Mark Wilson do? Well, he does a mixture of everything really, really well. He'd, so you'd have to really study the game, study the tape of what he's done. But I don't feel he's had quite the impact that he did when he was playing really well for England just before the World Cup. I, I thought some of his hits and, and some of his energy was superb. Um, I, I thought he, he was the best of the three back rowers on the park against that, Ireland. That's really hard to call because I'm just looking at the squad. And well, one of the thing, one of the issues is that there has been a deliberately smaller squad, as in it was only a 28-man yes, squad you're right. this year, and they used. It was interesting how he had the shadow squad, which was really kind of like up and coming. It was, it was a, an opportunity to see people that um, who, who he'd never seen before in a similar kind of environment. Mm. Um, the I don't know if either of you watched it. Um, the uh, I can't remember what it's called these days. Next level, I think it is. Eng- England. They used to do O2 inside line, but they oh, do yeah, yeah. they do uh, videos every week of from inside the camp. The one this week was really, really interesting. Talking about it was there um, England's strength and conditioning guys talking about the how they make everything competitive, how they challenge things, um, and also talking about the data they have on guys. Awesome. So they, they they specifically referenced George Martin, who I, I thought looked great when he came yeah. on, um, but basically saying they've got all of the training and game GPS data. They've got all the strength and conditioning data from world class back rows. So Curry and Wilson, their numbers in the gym and their numbers for GPS are just off the charts. That's the target for for George Martin. So they they almost... And it it made me think about Eddie's decision-making process that he goes through to determine a test match animal. He has... And I'm not saying that this is necessarily right, but he has the data of what a... What, in his mind, a international standard six or seven or twelve money 15. ball in it a, a little bit of the money ball like the data that they get is so rich and so available to to only them it's not available to anyone else in the yeah. world because that that data would be unbelievably Sorry, valuable yeah. in the wrong hands but it, it's just an insight into the decision making process which is probably something to come on to for for the doggers decision yes. I, so I, I don't like that uh, I, I understand it and i think that ca- that has a utility and it has a use but Rugby's a very rugby is a fluid game. Uh, baseball's a very controlled game, and I don't. I, I think. Yeah, but you, I, I, I think there's so many intangibles in in rugby that I, I, I don't like. A, if it's purely, if it's too much weight is given to that stats-driven approach. So there is an NBA executive. What is his name now? He's president of, of Philadelphia at the moment. He was famous for his tweet, uh, the um, Hong Kong tweet. What is his name? Oh. Uh, I, I know the story, but yeah. I have no idea his name. Well, he is a big data guy. Big, 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 big data guy. And, you know, if you think rugby's fluid, well, basketball is the next level fluid. Um, yeah, still with, like, um, that said, there's fine motor skills that, that you do a lot. So, like, the number of layups you get, the number of rebounds you get. Yeah, and also, that said, there is one glaring advantage that people at seven foot have. So, you know, maybe it's not... Maybe it's... So, but he was looking at everything uh, from, like, the the quickness of speed over two yards. That was, like, their... their, That was, like, their key indicator. And he says every time they think they've got what they need, uh, 
they find out it's completely wrong and they've got to do, do it all, all, um, all over again. In fact, the more I read of that paragraph of that book, the more I felt that nobody knows what they're doing. They're all looking for that thing and it's just not there. Well, that the point about Moneyball is, uh, and baseball is... It's so much, the data is so much clearer in baseball because there are only ever two people on the interaction. There is the pitcher and the hitter. Whereas in rugby, any data you're getting, certainly from a game... On the the like, no two collisions are the same. Dar- it's Dar- always different. Dal Mori, yes. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing. So uh, again, I'm I'm not suggesting that this is how uh, Eddie works. But if he says my back rows need to be able to have this and this in terms of miles covered, it would sort of it would sort of fit with the people he's brought into the England squad: Lewis Ludlam, Ben Earl, mm. or like people with unbelievable engines. But actually, yeah, Alex. I think what you do is Dombrand. someone like Alex Dombrant, he might not have that same engine, but it's the quality of the inter- yeah. of the impact he has, not the quantity of meters covered. He, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. And, and I think you're missing opportunities if you go and down he might that only route. Make, yeah, it's like he might only make two interventions, but his two interventions are going to be win you the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I think Dombrant is probably the perfect example of that kind of issue because he is such a good reader of the game and reader of what's going on in front of him so here is a here is a measure which i want uh, I'm, I'm certain it's worth millions of quid this so <laughs> i should really keep, um, yeah keep it to yourself oh, should i should i share it um it hand size or hand strength for fly half so they, they should be measuring there should be a, a hand strength measurement because i tell you what quade cooper's hands are unbelievable as as are sippers so um i had wrist surgery um, a couple of months ago so i'm in physio at the moment and they have um a grip strength strength measuring device so you can really? measure the the kilos of squeeze on your grip strength i'm certain that there's something in this the <laughs> like best fly halves have the strongest hands i bet what's his, what's his face the old uh, carlos spencer i bet he's got big plates of meat Oh, sorry, not big place of meat. That's feet, but big hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. So What's Raymond's like yeah. for hands? I don't know. <laughs> big place of meat. I would have said that was hands because I always think, and it does does matter. No. Anyway, um, yes. So that's millions. If there's any DIYs out there listening, yeah. But that, that's really interesting. I will watch that video because, again, I'm not saying that that is what Eddie Jones is doing, but it would fit with his back row selections. Uh, right. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. That, and it it, it also fits with the. It's like the detail behind he's not a test match animal. But he gets because he gets these guys into camp. He gets lots of guys out, hundreds. Well, certainly considerably more than a hundred, about one hundred and fifty different people into camp, and some of them make it and get into the squad. And quite a big number of them, Don Brandt included, and lots of others. They, Sam Simmons again. He's Sam he's Simmons a guy. He doesn't came do, in for a little bit. He doesn't cover every blade of grass in a pitch, but he makes really important game-changing interventions. But yeah, it helps, it might help explain some of the Eddie decision-making around. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. 
players like that. Well, the decision making which I'm really interested in is the decision to release or not to release or who to pick on and who not to pick. Doggers, right? Yeah. I can't. I can't understand what is going on here at all. And furthermore, I can't understand what is going on. Well, the only thing I can think of really is he's trained so hard that they don't want him released for club duty. That's literally the only thing that I can think of. Yeah. What, what do you mean? I don't understand. So, well, so so because so, so, yeah, I'm I'm with you on this. So doggers. Has been with the squad for the whole time. You mean in the fallow week when they wanted to use him? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So other pl- and he might have to rest up for two weeks, which is a nightmare. <laughs> well, but even though he's not played any rugby, yeah. So you rest him a week before, then you rest him two weeks after. Well, we'll, but, we'll but, see. Yeah, Doggers has been in the squad, but hasn't been released yeah. um, over the um, break weeks and, and indeed other weeks. Whereas other players have, like Harry Williams, for example, was in yeah. in the squad and has been released, um, which. It, it seems a bit strange, but then, so that that all seemed a bit strange up to Friday, and you, or the weekend when the team was announced, and you thought, oh, Doggers is unlucky not to get a bench spot with, um, with Marchant, yeah, yeah, because uh, Marchant called it, but then, yeah. but then, yeah. so you think Doggers was unlucky for Marchant to come straight into the team and drop out um, daily to thirteen because Slade's out, yeah, um, but then an hour before kickoff. When Malins goes down and um, apparently he got he got injured on Friday, so they had even more time to think. Was about it on Friday? It. Well, it was only so. announced. Yeah, it was, only uh, announced I, I only saw day. it. Yeah, a couple of hours before kickoff. So Malins drops out, and then um, Daily well, moves. It, it might 15. have been by the way that he got the calf thing on Friday, but they were giving him the chance to chance to, yeah, to recover. Fit. Yeah, but then for Doggers, there even then not to get called up, and for them just to put another forward on the bench. Brutal. Which is it's great for George Martin to get his first cap, but for Doggers, it's... I, and I, I really think we it's, will now see him in an Italian jersey. I, 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 think, I hope so. I sincerely hope so. Uh, so, this is what I meant, Tim, by my... So, they've got all this data, right? And some players get released and some don't. And it's not entirely clear to me that they are that England are communicating with the clubs particularly well. So, Obano came back and played for Bath. Yeah. Okay, fine. Now, bearing in mind what, you say, you know, they, what Phil saw in that video with all that data... The way I imagine rugby to work, and I probably have got far too many high-minded ideals about how professional everyone is, but I imagine it to be like super up there with like um, you know all the stats I've got and whatnot. I sort of I, I expect these players to come back almost like um, like race cars with instructions. Like he's done X amount of lifting and he's done X amount of running, he's done Y amount. We think he's good to go for thirty like like for thirty minutes, uh, but to not release him at all. Um, it's actually detrimental to his whole season. Yeah, it's, there's it, been no mention of injury. Yeah. Injury would be the the obvious other explanation. Well, the, what's, is it Occam's razor? The simplest answer is the the right one usually. Uh, yes, that, that's, so that's Occam's. I, I'd employ Occam's razor for this one, and I would have thought that Beno Abano and Harry Williams, unless there is an injury, they're not getting anywhere near the bench. Mm. Now, yes, Paolo Adoku didn't get selected, but I would say that that was very much touch and go, and Eddie Jones wasn't sure if he was going to include him. I think for the um, France, he was genuinely thinking about doggers on the bench. Otherwise, mm. and I think he just wanted to give himself that option. I mean, I don't like uh, that, that. That would be the simplest mm. explanation. I, I think simple as a much more simple one. He's Italian qualified. I have no doubt about it. But then he would have he would have capped played. him. I don't understand. It's like you, you, it contradicts. Because, uh, 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 it contradicts uh, 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 the actual uh, 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 argument. Right. Okay. So Eddie picks teams. Right. I'm not entirely sure he picks. Uh, and also, I'd all say of his squad. Cam Red Pat. What? I don't think he p- p- picks all all the squad. I think there's, there's input from the RFU. I don't think that he picked. 
Cam Redpath. I don't think he picked Cam Mo- uh, Sam Moore. I don't think that he picked um, Ben Delacott. I don't think he picked a- any of those guys. I think that's Gary Graham. Gary Graham. Uh, the, the thing I don't get is that him not selecting any of these players totally contradicts the suggestion that, or, or what you're saying is, I'm saying that you're op- saying he he I'm does saying- he didn't pick Paolo Adogu, Gary Graham, Cam Redpath. Well, the ben Velikot in his. The, the reason squad. I don't like saying that is because it sounds incredibly disrespectful to the players, and uh, I don't really want to sound like that. But I'm certain of it. I'm absolutely certain that there are, that there are dark forces at work in the RFU. <laughs> picking Picking conspiracy, players. perhaps. Yeah, and it's weird. I mean, it's weird that they're all been young. They've all been dual qualified. They all and it's like. But, it, but then the there's taste. there are dozens, dozens and dozens that are not dual qualified that have not made it. Oh, there. So there's been about 150 players into Eddie's squads, of whom about yeah, 60 how, or 70 have like, actually played. Okay, I'm going to have to look at this, but I wonder how many lads have been dual qualified who have not who've been to squad but not played compared to the lads who... Mind you, is it that rare to be dual, dual qualified? Probably not. Not enormously rare. No. And if, if Piers O'Connor gets called up, uh, then maybe, maybe there's something in it. But, but then, well, no, if Piers O'Connor gets called up, then that would be because... The form centre well, yeah. in the Premiership is being rewarded with an international call up, surely, yeah. rather than as a conspiracy. And by the way, that would be a very good call up. I would. I he, he's, he's, that strikes me as the most sensible call up. Yeah, the no, I agree. Instead of who? Anyone. I mean, like he's okay. probably the best. Uh, here's an interesting question for you. I know I'm going off. On no, no, that's right. right. But I did a little tweet the other day, and it was if I use the England team as a base of a Premiership All Star side. How many Premiership players do I have by the by the end of it? So I use it, the the players that play for England who play in the Premiership as 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 the base. Okay, so you're effectively and, taking the Saracens yeah. boys out, and then I substitute I substitute lads in from around the league as and when I see that they're good enough. Uh, are you doing it purely based on form? Form, yeah, form, or you know, if you're going to pick a, a fifteen from. From, from, from the Premiership who you keep, would you go with it? you keep Johnny May you keep Anthony Watson you keep uh, Henry Slade you keep George Ford um, you uh, keep Tom you keep, Cur- Slade. You keep Tom Curry you, so on Slade you keep him over um, yeah what's his name Bristol Piers O'Connor yeah no no, no. Piers O'Connor no no Sammy Van uh, oh, right. so, oh, so this I is you non-English. Non-English. Oh right. Oh right. Well, in that case, you'd have you'd get Charles Pietals in. In Randrandra's in. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd probably have Randrandra and Slade because the twelve jerseys available. Yeah. Good shout. I would like to see Slade at, at, at twelve. Actually, I think. Oh no, he has he, done very he, well at thirteen. Yeah, he looked good. He, yeah, he's, he's outside break. He's such a silky runner. I tell you what, though, if you had Piers O'Connor and Slade in ten twelve, they co- they do a lot of things. A lot of things they run, they pass. Well, Piers right. O'Connor's good for a World Cup. I, I don't think Piers O'Connor is a starting England player at the moment. I think he is definitely a squad member. And when a World Cup comes around, a, a versatile guy would be great. My guess is, and it's a complete guess, he is a guy who will play as good as the standard around him. Put him in an England shirt, and I think he'll be absolutely electric. I, I really like Piers, yeah. Piers I, I think O'Connor. He's great. Yeah, I think he's great. Um, I don't. Th- I don't think it'll happen, but. I'd I'd love to see it. Mm. I'd also love to see uh, Sir Charles Piertow and Semi Randrandra yeah. in 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 England shirt. Oh, that'd be nice. And, <laughs> and this sort of goes back to your question: who who do you think might be for the Colt? I actually think you might be onto something there. Maka Vunapola and then Joe Marla back in because it, solid- it solidifies the scrum. And and the- Marla dropped out because he, he didn't want to. He didn't want to go into a bubble, what so he was then? he was selected. Yeah, interesting. So he is still available for Lions tours and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's pretty nice, isn't it? Knowing that you're that important that you can opt in and out of. You did it before. You did retired, yeah. and then went back for the World Cup. And... But you need an extra twenty grand here or there. Yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, fancy, fancy a new Porsche. Yeah, I'll two... play a few games this year, Eddie. That is pretty mad to sort of go. Like I don't. Want, I can understand it. it. Must be tough being in the bubble, but to go to go to be in a position where you can go. I'd rather stay at home and I'm not really bothered about a couple hundred grand. All <laughs> 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 playing for my country. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, he, he has a very persuasive wife, it sounds like. Very persuasive. Well, that's total conjecture. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know, I'd love to be in a situation where I'm good enough to decide when I play international rugby. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he treats international rugby like a lot of people treat their local club third team. They just phone up when they want a game. <laughs> you got anything on? <laughs> There's there's quite a few Irish players in this. Whilst there are English players who didn't live up to the reputations, there's some Irish players who just in the nick of time, as you mentioned, Lions really uh, said, yeah. "Hello, I'm here." Tyg Furlong being probably the his last two weeks. And Ty Byrne. And Ty Byrne. Ty Ty Byrne is awesome. You could, yeah. you could legitimately see um, three Ireland second rows playing for the Lions because I think James Ryan. Unless he's injured, he will he will definitely be on the plane or boat or yeah. or bus. Uh, Hendo timing it perfectly. He is timing it well, Ty, isn't he? Ty Byrne has been brilliant, and Ty Byrne is the most of all those island players who were streetwise. He was probably the so, most yeah. streetwise of all of them. So yeah. imagine this scenario, okay? Somewhere, somewhere, there is a man in existence whose job it is to evaluate rug, uh, rugby talent, and that man once overlooked Ty Byrne. Who is he? I'd love. To, I'd love to get. You know, I'd love to get a penny for his thoughts. So I, I imagine it was probably because he didn't fit in, into. Because he, he certainly when he was younger was more lithe. Yeah. He, he wasn't. He's what six foot six or six foot seven, but he wasn't 110, 112 kg. He's not a mega he is now. He was probably closer to a hundred kg yeah. and not putting on the weight. But like, you know, if it doesn't fit your culture. Make your culture fit him. Like he is that good. He is he, that good. He is. He's so well, good. Some players do develop later, and he may, yeah, ju- he may yeah. just have bloomed late. A lot of people do. Yeah. Well, this goes back to what we were saying about um, moneyball and, and whatnot. Rugby players are phenomenally hard to identify mm. in their early in their early early twenties, particularly second rows and second rows and props, which is why everyone's so excited about George yeah. Martin. And if there's one thing I would like, and again, I'm not saying Eddie, Eddie Jones doesn't necessarily do this, but if there's one thing I would like him to do it's to pick people for what they can do not what they can't do so Alex Dombrandt is one of my favourite premiership players and I would love to see him in the English squad because of the, the special things that he does uh, does do and the interactions he can have rather than going well maybe he doesn't do enough work because the special if you just like the, the, in fact this probably in business and management speak there's, there's quite a lot of focus gets put on um, improving your weaknesses rather than ramping up the things that make you really special yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what the best I, I would imagine the second of those two is probably the best one to do but th- there is a balance like a, um, a phrase that um, I heard recently was um, so your weaknesses can just be your strengths but overplayed so if you do t- purely too much of the stuff that you're good at and it, it's it's probably hard to to put that into a rugby context but there there is there's always balance with stuff like that but I mean if it's in in a rugby context if you've got a great running game, but you always run all of the yeah. time, then you don't. You have no threat of anything else. Therefore, you become incre- incredibly predictable. Well, jo- uh, Therefore, you become easier to stop. Jordan Lama's not in the Ireland team, and it's a little bit like that. He's maybe got the. He doesn't One. have the other strings to his bow. The kicking and the. Yeah. 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 Mm, interesting. Um. Other, other, so, in the Ireland team, 
Um, and this, this is again another frustration from England. So Hugo Keenan had a great game. He did. He was super solid under the high ball. He he recovered the Sexton kick that led up to the the sensational Conan try. Um, he so the first bomb that England put up for some reason, uh, Conor Murray was in the fifteen spot and. George Ford puts up a bomb that goes deep, way too deep actually, yeah. into Ireland's 22. But yeah. Conor Murray doesn't actually get close to it. He doesn't even lay a hand on it and it bounces and England get a good attacking position. Um, he, that almost, like um, it's like a rope with a dope trick. It suckered England into kicking a lot more than every other time they kicked. That's Hugo, a great Hugo, point. Hugo Keenan was just there, hoovering it up and returning it with interest. Yeah, that's uh, a great shout. I hadn't clocked that. I got some really. Um, what was I said? Uh, had quite an interesting conversation with. I think who was now? Uh, Chris Pennell. Mm. And he was talking about how he would change his positioning on the pitch mm. in order to bait the kickers into kicking. Yeah, show yeah. them a different picture. Yeah, absolutely love. I've heard, I can't, can't remember who it is, but I've heard other people say that, that you, you want to change. So they glance up and think, oh, hang on, the full-back's out of position. And then all you of a sudden... You fall D-chested. Well, you, mo- you move into the that position. So the full-back's watching the fly-half. So the fly-half is going to get into kicking position, right? So the fly-half's trying to manipulate the full-back too. Uh, so then the full-back's thinking, okay, well, the fly-half is in... A passing position, so I will now fly off the, I'll yeah. fly the line and do whatever I do. But now, of course, kicking twelves give you headaches, and that's basically what we—that's the conclusion that we drew, which is kicking twelves are an absolute nightmare. More kicking options, yeah. just, just more people who can intelligently kick is a good thing. Um, have either of you seen any Super Rugby AU? No. no. Tell me about Super Rugby AU. No, uh, I won't tell you much. But the fifty-twenty-two uh, kick. I actually really... Oh, Rob, I lo- Rob Carney did one. Rob, Rob Carney did one. I was watching it live as he, as he did it a couple of weeks ago. I just think it, it, it's a good idea. It's, it's, I'd like to see more of it, as in I'd like to see the experiment go on for a little bit longer. But it's a good idea to create more space. Um, because it forces more people back. It, yeah, the consequence of not having three guys back is pretty significant because yes. you get your own attacking line out in, deep into the 22 that's interesting. I wonder if that will be, be expanded then. Potentially, do you know, yeah. Do you know how wealthy the owner of the Western Forces? Uh, no. 15 billion quid. 15 billion? 15 billion quid. That's quite wealthy. Uh, I think it's okay, isn't it? <laughs> wow. That's how that's how rich uh, Nigel Ray will be when he uh, <laughs> gets all the payouts from Marutoji's um, image rights. Yeah, right. What a deal. What a deal. <laughs> Well done, Ireland, on a really good win. I, I, I forgot that there's win. one thing that Fabian Galtier said after the game um, in regards to Paul Villalms' red card. Oh, we didn't discuss the cards. We no, we hour didn't. On that yet. Yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> he said, uh, "Quote: I don't think he deserves a heavy sanction. If you watch, there is clearly no contact, or if there is, it's very limited. It's absolutely not voluntary." If you really watch the reaction of the Welsh players, they specialise in making the opponents get red cards. Their body language is quite clear. I hope the referee takes that into consideration. I don't think Paul deserves a sanction. Uh, lots of things on this. <laughs> Everything is true at once, I think. Uh, the Welsh the Welsh players do undoubtedly fall around on the floor quite a lot. Uh, they, they just that, do. That was my instant reaction when I saw Wynne yeah. Jones. God, he's, he's tried to buy a head contact because at the same time the... the uh, I, the contract with the eye area <laughs> happened. Yeah. There's also someone cleans him out near his head, and I thought he'd made yeah. a bit of it for that. Yeah, so uh, 
the the incident itself, the red card. I thought oh, it wouldn't happen. There is not a chance. This this cannot be where the game game is going. But I'm watching it. No, he does touch his eye, and the rules are very clear on that. You don't and, touch eyes. And it was it wasn't just the brush on the eye. He's actually using it, it yeah. totally unintentionally. But he uses the eye areas as they kept say just just say eyes. Yeah, but yeah. he was using the eye, eye area, area. Um, to get purchase and try and yeah. leverage him off the ball. So I I'm actually I'm absolutely fine with it being a red card. I I, I thought that. Um, Wayne Barnes and, and Luke Pierce handled it really, really well, yeah. actually. Wayne Barnes it's, from his sex dungeon or wherever yeah. he was. It's, it's incredibly unlucky for uh, Vilemzi because def- intent doesn't come into it, but it yeah. might come into it in the, the sanctioning. Intent doesn't come into it on the pitch. Yeah, the change but of behaviour brigade. What behaviour are we looking to? He was low, he so, was rap- he's wrapping everything. You know, what is the t- behaviour? He yeah, that, means to do it. He wasn't that's, not a, that's not a change the behaviour type oh, it, but, situation. Oh, it will be. Oh, it will be. But we've got a very... We've got a very um, I know simple you're saying, solution for simple minds. I, I know you say intent shouldn't come into it, but... Uh, well, intent doesn't come into it on the pitch. On the it, pitch. It, it, I, it, it will, will come... Because yeah. you've got Carreras for Newcastle, who will get a very long ban. Yes. And Paul Villarmsa, hopefully, doesn't get a very long ban. And actually... It's one of those occasions that that eye thing that happened, the red card was almost, that's like you made a stupid mistake and you could have cost your team the game as a consequence. I, I'm almost at the, I'm almost sort of thinking, I don't know what a ban would achieve. No, because no. It, because he's not going to do anything different the next no, time. No, no, it, it, it was an accident, total I, I, accident. I think they'll go to low end because gouging is obviously very serious. I think they'll go the lowest end, which I don't actually know. It might be say six weeks. Oh, or six maybe, it yeah. might be. I don't know. No, and I, think I, it's, I think entry point is like ten or twelve. Yeah, it might be. It's not gouging. But, the defense is not gouging. Yeah, it's not it's gouging. Contact with the, it's co- contact with the eye area. Yeah. I, I think they should, um, uh, pr- providing he admits it and shows contrition. Uh, it just half it or quarter, Ad- or quarter it. Admits what? Acc- admits accidental contact with the eye area. Well, yeah, it, as yeah. in, as in, it's. Yeah. I was guilty of that offence. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, you, you can't deny that there was contact with the eye area. How, how would you feel if, when you went to get your wrist surgery recently, the surgeon had said, "Right, okay, Phil, so just well, I'm gonna make an incision in your wrist, wrist area." area. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want, I want there. I want you to do it right there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the other red card, though, I. I'm horrified by, and that is a Bendiaki one. You're horrified by it. Yeah, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be red card. His tackle on Billy Vanapola. Yeah. Why? Well, this is this is okay. I okay. need to. Re- I might need to rewatch it because right? I I think that is. Like, I I have no problem at all with it. So he's lowered his height. Who Bundiaki? Bundiaki has. He, he, well, hasn't, he, hasn't, no. he hasn't pivoted from the waist, but his knee is basically his, his on the floor. His knee's on the ground. His knee's very Bund- nearly on the floor. Bundayaki is four or five inches shorter than Billy Vanapola. So he's shorter and his knee's on the ground. So Billy obviously must be meeting him, bending, bending down himself. But Billy's bending down, but there's no sudden change in height. So he's... Billy, he's Billy's... Yeah, so I, sorry, Gordon, make your I point. I might need to rewatch it, because I've not seen the incident since I, last night when I was not as sober as I've often been. Um... But it's stri- it looks to me as if he is contacted just below the neck, and then it's sort of risen up. It doesn't look to me as if it's contact with the oh, with the head. I think you need to rewatch that because for me, Bundyaki could definitely. Billy is not that low. Bundyaki is more right, certainly more right than he should have been, and it's a straight shoulder to the head. Is it? Yeah, and Billy's instantly knocked out. It's not a hits your chest and slides up. It is. I have I had no issue whatsoever so very, with that being a red card. A very violent hit because I'm sure his head goes backwards 
And it, I think it's the, it's the impact well, of hitting someone that high. But it, it, I thought I was shoulder, shoulder, shoulder to chest. And I, I, I would I would rewatch it if I were you. So I, I would I would check that because it's yeah. it, it's I have no problem at all with that being ready yeah. read. Not not even I, I didn't I didn't think anyone would have a problem with, yeah. with that being a read. So I so I am sympathetic to Bundyaki and to anyone who finds themselves in this position. I don't like the way that people go for players because there are so many different moving objects at different speeds. Oh, people yeah. making decisions in yeah. fra- fractions of a second. I do also think Bundyaki's knee, he he had dropped his height. You can see that from his knee. However, in the current climate, oh, yada, 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 it is a red. What? That doesn't... Uh, that, uh, I mean, he's very low. And it is, it is. Yeah. There you go. No, unless it's a that's, that's a bad angle for it? it, yeah. So but on that angle... I'm still 100%. So the, this this is the best angle, actually. So look, let me make this bigger, and it, you can see. So this this is the best angle, which shows it's there's some bad camera work going on. Um, Sorry, no, let me, yeah, oh, thank, the, the, you. The, thank you, Phil. Let me spin that around, put the brightness up a little bit. Um, I'll just rewind it. Just go back to that point. Oh, you, shit. I, I will just say in JB's defence, there's Josh van der Fleer, who's shorter than. Um, Billy Vanapola and Billy Vanapola is at is under the chest height of Josh Van der Fleer. He's so at like elbow height. That's head. That it's, it's shoulder to head. So B- Billy is immediately knocked out. But then, that's a bad angle to see it. Yeah, so yeah. that angle, I'm okay with it. This angle, ooh. ooh you can see, and he's yeah. he's out. That to me is a red card. Yeah. That angle, yeah, okay. Yeah. He, Billy is straight out. I know what you're saying. I feel sorry yeah. for Bundyaki because Billy Vanapola uh, is running low. He's running low, and he yeah. has adjusted his height. I get what you're saying. I do, I do. But actually, on second glance, maybe, maybe that angle. Yeah, that's. I mean, it, it was actually a very easy decision with with the framework. <laughs> it, yeah. The new improved framework. New improved framework. Yeah, love it. <laughs> Which basically says, was there contact to the head? Yes. Was there force? Yes. Red card. Yeah. And ba- ba- basically. It, it was interesting watching Ireland tackle because they achieved a number of the, um, what did they used to choke, call it? Choke tackles. Choke tackles, yeah. Which, fashion? Well, they did it very successfully, but they were running a risk of um, head contact because the choke tackles were done with two upright defenders. Of course. Now... But think, there's a lot less force in the the choke tackles. They just kind of like absorb yeah, yeah. the player so, and the force. Yeah, if you're really looking to reduce head injuries, actually encouraging choke tackles is not a horrific Ch- thing to be doing. Choke tackles, <laughs> choke tackles are because the, the the way that Ireland were doing it intelligently, they they almost passively gave up two or three yards, absorbed all the energy of the ball carrier, and then just stayed upright. Yeah, which England were. Foolish so the laws. To, to, so the laws. I actually quite like the law that the knee has to be on the floor and therefore you're down. It's actually very clear. Yeah, yeah. Than, than, than it used to be. But if you think about it, well, if you get rid of the choke tackle, what do you have left? Collisions. Ma- more, massive car more crash collisions. Colli- more collisions, yeah. Not that you'd know it from uh, the Premiership Rugby Twitter account, because today they were celebrating World Collision Day? No, World Poetry <laughs> Day. So I did think, I, you know when uh, we were discussing that last week, mm-hmm. so I went and looked at Premiership Rugby, Premier Rugby's Instagram account, basically the day that that came out, and... About of the twelve or so uh, Instagram videos, 
within 24 hours either side of our MWDP coming out last week, there was one, so there was uh, Marla's hit, Lovejoy Chatawama's hit, two Tom Dunn pushover tries, a Leicester pushover try, uh, London Irish Steve Maffey scoring from a few yards. There was 10 or 12 videos, all of forwards, big hits or pushover tries. Mm. The only backs video within a 24-hour window of of you making that statement was um, Stuart Townsend scoring a pushover try. But that's because that's how they are, because that's how the tries are scored. They're obligated to put up tries. <laughs> like, they, I mean, have, you, have you seen the, N, the NRL promo? Um, yes. They, they put, <laughs> could you even, Boom, could you even imagine? Could I, you imagine that? No. <laughs> There's no way. Like, you know, they're not interested in dominant carries. They're not interested in big hits. They're not interested in, in anything which is basically, you know, the masculine elements of the sport whatsoever. But that was that was literally everything that was on their Instagram no, no, for that no, window. Because, because they are obligated. They are obligated to put up tries. <laughs> they would much prefer not to see us. I, I think. I think. Skill, so, skill, skill, skill. This, okay, this this does this does segue into something which I think I think we can touch on at the end of a tournament. Well, almost the end of a tournament. Obviously, we've got France Scotland on Friday, uh, which uh, Jalibert is out due to a concussion. He'll be oh, yeah. out. They've they've called Louis Carbonell into the squad. Uh, sorry, just but one, yeah, Entermac will start. Yeah, won't just, yeah. one last thing. I, I'd never seen on the on any of the Premiership official channels something like. Another player rubbing another player's head in, like, into the ground, or you know, fights, or yeah, a bit... or grabbing each other's shirts, or no, nothing which is good. Well, there are no fights anymore. Yeah, it's they... just handbags. Yeah, but like they did have. Um... Well, Gens had a little fight with someone on the deck at the end. Was it? Yeah, Sexton? I can't remember. Yeah. I'm not sure. He, 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 could, I s- he could get. He might get cited for that. For that. A bit of niggle. There's nothing wrong with. You know, but then last that. week in the Wales game, which player was it? Dan Bigger, I think it was. It was a Welsh player did a proper forearm to the head of Owen, Owen Farrell on the deck. Did they? Did they? Yeah, and it didn't get... It, no one mentioned it. Had Owen Farrell done that to someone else... Oh, I'd have mentioned it. It would have <laughs> gone bananas. Prosecuted him myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, like Henshaw rubbing um, Van der Merwe's head into the ground. Yeah. I mean, love that. Love all that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this, this... So, I understand the thrust of your point, which is if the people that curate and the stakeholders and the guardians of the game don't act like they absolutely love it every all of it all of it how is anyone else going to love it well brian moore tweeted um just emerged to try and write up the extraordinary six nations weekend we've just seen the france v wales game might be my last live six nations broadcast depending on where the broadcasting contract goes under cbc influence if so one hell of a finale which um yeah just quick, quick, quick one to touch on it could be um Six Nations rugby going behind a paywall. Tell you what, so, and you know, to think for the longest time I was against the CBC deal. <laughs> <laughs> if it's, if it gets rid of Brian Moore, well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Worth every penny. <laughs> I, I still. I'd give I him a quarter of my income to, to uh, get rid of Brian Moore. Anyway, <laughs> I um, <laughs> I quite like Brian Moore and, and Jiffy. Just I know it's like those two old some, fellas yeah, up in, in the Muppets it, up in the gallery. There's something comforting about knowing just how. How annoying and misplaced and uninformed and all the rest of it they are. Um, numbers. I, I, still, I still quite like it. It's yeah. on it numbers. It wouldn't be Six Nations without those two. For God's oh, it sake, would. it would. I'd be more than happy. <laughs> how, how would you feel about it going um, behind a paywall? Because the, the reaction, much like the, the uh, an overriding reaction, seems to have been Eddie Jones needs to go. Uh, a reaction is Six Nations has to be on terrestrial TV. Um. I don't think anyone has an intrinsic right to watch sports. Uh, I really don't. I really don't think that. 
think if you love the game, you'll pay for it. And you should pay for it because a lot of people's efforts and hard work and time has gone into producing that product, not to mention the players who hopefully will get a nice big payday. Now, it does get a little bit squirrely, doesn't it? Because it's not just for the players' payday. It's also for... Um, it's also for CBC and their pay- and their payday, but that's a separate that's a separate a separate topic. And to be filtered down to grassroots rugby, yeah, you yeah. hope. And well, com- community coaches, uh, if they don't get sacked, yeah, yeah, exactly if, right. if there's any left. Um, so I'd be fine with it. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay for it now. There's a slightly different argument, which is does does pay does pay do paywalls work right? And what I mean by that is if you have everything underneath the paywall. It's bloody hard. They should have some free games. That's not because of their charitable nature. They should have some free games because it's in everyone's best interest. There should be a free game on TV every every week because then you will go and buy. You, you know, if you've had your, if you've had your first uh, satisfied. Well, no. If 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 you start watching England versus Wales, then you're going to want to watch the, France versus Scotland later on. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I don't hate the principle, but I, I would like definitely some, um, as in, I don't hate the principle of, of um, elements of rugby going behind a paywall. I, I just, I just do... want to clarify, by the way, rugby is already behind a paywall. You have, you have to, by, by threat of oh, pr- prison, by threat of jail, you have to pay £156 <laughs> a year to watch rugby. Yeah, so you get yes. locked up. So there is that as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah actually, fine. If, if that's the case, fine. If it's going to go off the BBC, I, I can live with that. The... If I see want to compete for it, they're more than welcome. The the other um, positive outcome, other than uh, potentially getting Jiffy and Brian Moore uh, off off our rugby commentary box, mm. um, would be this is this is where the long term uh, CVC strategy seems to be going. Um, having a single dedicated rugby channel where you can pay a single subscription rather than having to pay, I mean, BT Sport, Sky Sports, Premier Sport. Um, fortunately, Super Rugby AU is currently free on mm. on. Um, so is Major League Rugby. Yes, yeah, yeah on World Rugby and through the Major League Rugby app, um, you you have to pay through Rugby Pass to watch Super Rugby Aotearoa. And as far as I'm aware, um, you can't uh, legally watch Top 14 or no. um, the Japanese Top League in the UK at the moment. So just just from a purely um, selfish consumer perspective. If I pay one subscription, which is probably um, going to be less than I'm paying now, because I hard, I'm paying a, a premium for BT Sport, um, which is great, and Sky Sports for, but included in that I get um, Champions League football, which I rarely watch, mm. Premier League football, which I rarely watch. I get Bundesliga, I get baseball, I get all the cricket, which I, I sometimes like to watch, but but I might watch a handful of games a year. Mm. I'm paying. I guess my point is I'm paying a premium. I'm paying. Um, I don't know. You're paying for 60, lots of things you don't quid, use yeah, to get the quid a month. Use, yeah, yeah, 60 quid a month for half of the stuff that I do want yeah. and a load of stuff that I definitely don't yeah. want. Yeah, the NFL um, like have a game pass, don't they? So you don't have to get ESPN or whatever it is. That makes sense. Yeah. I do that. Yeah. Being just something that simplifies it and, and, uh, and cheap um, makes it a bit cheaper. And the other thing I would add into this is, because I'm not actually against it going off of terrestrial uh, broadcasters and... and one of the things is people. The thing which people come back and say is, "But how are people going to know about rugby?" They'll find out. And what I would say to that is, and this goes off of a conversation I had on Twitter with Rugby Inside Line, who were like, "Who's the face of rugby now?" Mm. And, and, and I remembered that it was a few years ago. I had a chat with a um, uh, a broadcasting outlet about doing a rugby show, 
yeah. and they wanted someone to do it with, but it would have to be someone that would appeal to your average sports fan. Like, so basically, a football fan, what it has to be someone that they would connect with and understand. And when you when when you got through the list of names and they went, yeah, no, that, no, 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 you were left with Will Carling. <laughs> Brian Moore and and Johnny Wilkinson and Martin Johnson. Basically, that was it. And your average person right now, even though it's already on terrestrial TV, doesn't know any rugby players from the last 10 to 15 years because in the last 10 years, Netflix has happened, YouTube has happened, Amazon Prime has happened. Nobody, just because it's there, it used to be that the Five Nations and Six Nations was on one of four channels and that's all Pri- anyone yeah, has. And prime to Saturday you, afternoon on one of four BT Sport don't show Six Nations. As, uh, obviously the money. Don't they show some Scotland games? I think they show Scotland BT games. BT Sport, don't they? Yeah, I think they do. But do they? Well, they did. They used to. I think they might do. Anyway. I don't know. They have been a Scotland sponsor in the past, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, I think well, they might. Anyway. Yeah, they don't do internationals, yeah. do they, uh, BT Sport? For, for, the, for the most part, there might have been some exceptions. But do, do you know why they don't? I, I actually don't. <laughs> do you know why? No. Because the theory is that if there's a big, big international on, there's more chance of you getting together with a group of mates and watching it in a pub. In the pub, so yeah. So why would you buy you, a subscription? You don't need the subscription. Don't, don't, That's yeah. not a subscription driver. Yeah. They want the fanatical people who are going to follow. They want the premiership fans. Because week after what, week after week after week. Yeah. And that's why they don't bother with... I think it might be... I, I, I think it could be as simple as the number of hours of the schedule it takes up. Like, premiership rugby would actually work for something like BT Sport because it would, it would fill quite a lot of... Yeah, schedule. Whereas, everything that's filling up time is um, is a cost. And Six mm. Nations, you pay a massive premium for yeah, it, but quite. you get what is it, fifteen games a year? Yeah, and they're not going to watch it because they're in the pub. Yeah, yeah, people are not paying for it. Yeah, I, I watch all the Six Nations in, usually at the rugby club. So, so I guess yeah. my point is that the argument that people come back with is that how are people going to learn about the game? Know about the game? People don't know what rugby is. You might have eight million people that watch it but it's on in the background and it's on in the background they're in the house um, or in the pub or whatever and actually that's not how you get you've got to reach people where they are and anyone under the age of 35 basically is not watching linear TV no they're not sitting down to watch a programme at a certain time (laughs) yeah well you know um Premiership rugby on celebrating World Poetry Day or World Equality Day or Amazing Women in the World Day or whatever it is, it'll never grow, will it? So they've got their good strategy, bang on there. Couldn't 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 be any better. Uh, right, let's call this one a day and do do the MW Just, Oh yeah, and Scotland beat Italy. Great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah congratulations yeah. as well then. Woo. Yeah, <clears throat> Italy showed. I don't know if either of you bothered watching it. Yeah, I did actually. L- little bits. Yeah. yeah, Italy did a few things okay, but. They're just not good enough. They are garbage. Um, yeah, one other thing, which is, did you see the World Rugby announcement about the global women's competition? Yes, yep. and this is good news. This is immense news, actually. So there's the two things from this. Obviously, it's good for the women's game to have the global competition. This, The first thing I thought when I saw this is this will roughly, broadly replicate what they intend to do if they get an aligned global calendar for the men's game because that that's how it w- would work they have the multiple different competitions um happening earlier on in the year and then feeding into a significant uh global competition where every single game is relevant yeah. for the global standings yeah. later in the year so it's something to watch because it will have implications for the I've, men's game i've got lots lots of things to say about this if it- 
if that's okay. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Right. So this is great news for the women's game, and it links into something which I spoke about last week. Did we talk about the Royal London report study? No. Yeah, we did. No, no. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. Um, so Royal Royal London commissioned a report. On yeah. In, on International Women's Day. You did say it last week. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, is it viable to make a, a women's Lions team? Oh and yeah. And obviously Twitter erupted. Oh, because sim- obviously it's sexist. The reason that. It- yeah, well, well, it, well, it's 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 a little more than that, isn't it? It's, ba- it's basically that simple minds want simple solutions, and the only the only solution for the women's game for some of the most stupid, simple-minded people on Twitter would be just to copy the men's game and, and copy the lines. Now, what I've said consistently is if you had a sport and you had all the access to the world's best talent and a blank piece of paper and you could do whatever you wanted with it for relatively little money, would you recreate Rugby Union? Would No. No, not even close. It would, whatever you created would look nothing like men's men's rugby union. So why are people, and it's usually men, actually, a very specific type of man, uh, who will say things like, um, oh, they need to look just like the Lions or just like, you know, or every professional club should have a professional women's team. And that's not the case. They need to forge their, their own way. Because, like, this global calendar is a great example of what you could do with elite professional sport with a blank sheet. They could be actually more successful than the men's. Because they are susceptible to, you know, open thinking. Well, and the, there are very few constraints on the women's yeah. game, as in the in the men's game it is yeah. the broadcasters, the owners of the different elements. And that... you haven't got 150 year old clubs that 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 you're actually the men's game. A huge part of the value is in the tradition and the rivalries and all that. You don't have any of that, so you can start, as you say, blank blank yeah. sheet of paper. And, and you've got this this element of this this fanatical rugby fraction who think that they're doing. God's work by uh, calling out sex and where they say it, and they're stupid. They don't have the first idea about organising stuff or setting up um, or setting up competitions. The, the other thing which they do, which enrages me, is why should the Premiership clubs who want to get into women's sport be allowed into women's sport unless they unless they set up a team and go through the pyramid like it, like everybody else? But instead, they just show up and they take the history away from I don't know, like Darlington Moden Park or whoever it is that they would then. They, they would re- they would then replace clubs that have been taking it seriously for a long time, so yeah, I think this is great news for the, for the women's game because it shows what it can do, and the fact of the matter are it can do whatever it likes, and it, it probably it's best not to look like the men's game. It's best to do something completely different and in, in you know incorporate all the innovation from all the other sports. Yeah, and in this, uh, women will be probably leading the way for the men's game on, yeah. on this the global the aligned global calendar. Yeah, I think the, the the women's game should be treated as completely separate. And as I've said many times before, the one this is this is the weird bit that the two things that I would want a connection with. If if I was going to connect something to the men's fifteen aside game, I would connect in some way the short form of the game, and I would have done that by not doing sevens and doing tens, as I've said many, mm. as I've mm. said many many times. Um, unfortunately, you've got totally disconnected sports which don't complement each other at all. They actually compete for the same audience at times, and you've got. And then you've got the women's game trying to do what the men's game does. So, yeah, it's all back to front. And yeah. I agree. Imagine having a brand new sport, which is effectively what women's game is, and then thinking, which sport shall I copy? I know, the most dysfunctional sport yeah, one in the world. <laughs> Let's do that one, shall we? Let's just follow them completely. <laughs> Nuts. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Excellent. And you've put the world to rights, and that's a, love, a good point to finish on. So, uh, as ever, we, we are um, contactdeadchasers at gmail.com. <clears throat> fire us your emails and oh your my thoughts. God, so many emails to deal with. 
Yeah. <laughs> so many emails. Yeah, we'll have to do another sit-down Q&A uh, pod. And I didn't mention at the start as well, so I'll, I'll mention now. If you're still listening, then you must really, well, one, have nothing better to do and actually quite enjoy it. Or maybe you just fast-forwarded it to the end. Yeah. Well, either way, whatever the case, if you appreciate having a podcast there for you every single Monday morning, seven seasons and counting, every single week, 52 weeks a year, even while anyone else who does a, a rugby programme is off on the beach and chilling out or having their honeymoon. We still podcast when that sort of stuff happens. So uh, exactly. if you appreciate that, um, we, we would very much love you to, um, well, to support us at patreon.com slash egg chasers. So uh, there you go. Um, oh, we're on YouTube as well. And me and JB, and one of these days we'll get Phil to do some videos as well. Uh, we will, uh, we'll be, popping up some thoughts as we have them through the week. Uh, but hit subscribe in your feed so you get the domestic podcast when it's there for you very soon. Nice one, let the boys play. Hey, let's play. Sweet, good. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.